Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Young and fast and skilled with upside as opposed to the old slow dinosaurs we were watching all season. When Marcus Stroman is one of your best hitters, something's really <laughs> wrong. I can say as as bad as the Jays season was, it still wasn't football. And so I, <laughs> I was glad to watch it. And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars number 78, where you would never know we're playing through flu-like symptoms. Almost every week, I think, for some of us. Um, you know, I'm not going to speak for myself or anything. I am joined tonight by Joshua Housem. Josh. Hey. And Nick Dyka. Nick, welcome back. Hey, hey. Hi, guys. Always a pleasure to have you on board, especially for this very special award show. Okay, hey. just one thing. Whenever someone say hey, I expect them to do like the crusty thing after, like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was between it was between hey hey and Mr. Burns ahoy hoy. <laughs> and that is a tough decision to make, I think. Really, when you're when you're yeah, going I... with with weird greetings. Oh yeah. my goodness, we have so many awards. We have a couple suggested by our listeners, which we will highlight as we get to them. Um, everything from favorite moment to, to worst pitcher, and um, you know, you may have your own opinions, but we've got three, and we're going to share them with you. We're going to start with favorite moment because I I think in order to to really set the tone for the whole show, uh, Nick's favorite moment was uh, Buck and Pat. Now I know you you want to talk about Buck and Pat yourself, but first I think we have to play the moment that you you noted as the highlight of your season from September 6th. Here it is. Hungry Pat. The yeah. lobster roll there. Yep, there's the lobster. You bet. <laughs> you knew what was Ooh, coming yeah. <laughs> There you go. Nice fresh lobster meat going that lobster roll, some fries, and it's all good here in Boston. <laughs> all right. The Jays were down like... I think it was tied 1-1 at that point in the fourth inning, but it, the most important thing to Buck, lobster meat. <laughs> yeah, he did a he did a great job um, of basically reciting all of the ingredients uh, that go into a lobster roll one by one. He was literally color commentating the entire construction of the of the sandwich and 
to me at that point in the year, you know, uh, early September, the, the Jays weren't mathematically out of it, but it was pretty much a done deal at that point. I just got such a kick out of hearing Buck and Pat just go over that lobster roll. There was a lot of energy. I would argue he had more energy for that lobster roll than he did for Justin Smoke on some nights. Yeah, well, he must like kind of uh, <laughs> New England-based cuisine, uh, maybe from all his years playing in the AL East. <laughs> and let's just remember, this is a game the Jays lost 6-1 to one in the middle of their disaster season. I'd be talking about food, too. By the way, also in the pouring rain... <laughs> Just for everything else, I believe that the press box in Boston is basically open. Um, so yeah, he got he got all that stoked about a nice hot lobster roll because he was probably freezing and damp. <laughs> and in his defense, it was a pretty good looking lobster roll. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> they were frying up that in oil. They threw some parsley on there. It was looking good. I'm a lobster yeah. fan. All right. Uh, also says something that. Given everything that happened this year, that is not an unreasonable highlight of the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Most excellent. Uh, Josh, perhaps uh, you don't have the same kind of moment. My any... moment sadly does not have any food involved because talking about food is a lot more fun than talking about this J season. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically picked something that's really kind of sad was, <laughs> was my favorite moment it was Bautista walking out to the field by himself for his final home game it was beautifully handled the you know the dugout waited the players waited in the dugout for him to go out by himself he didn't realize it until he was about halfway out there then he waved to the fans and everyone gave him some really nice applause and stood and it was just a beautiful moment but you know it just sums up how crappy the season was that my favorite moment was saying goodbye to a formerly great player yeah, especially the formerly great part. I think that really, yeah, kind of encapsulates the problems with this season. Uh, my favorite moment, of course, was uh, when we leapfrog Baltimore out of last place in the standings for literally the only time all season on the very <laughs> last game of the season. Talk about a moral victory. <laughs> Like a, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, it's like the softest moral victory ever. Not last for one day, but it's the day that will sit there all winter long. Yeah, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. <laughs> and in this case, it's not last. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Boston, as much as they had a little playoff baseball, is also eliminated now, and we're not even two weeks later, aren't we? That's true. Yeah. Yep. So, how about a player we actually enjoyed watching? Let's 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 turn it, uh, you know, up to the positive side. And since Nick got to go first, I will let you, Josh, tell me who did you really like watching all uh, this season. So sadly, I'm going to be on the same tone here because the, my answer is to Oscar Hernandez because it was hey. It's actually a guy who's young and fast and skilled with upside as opposed to the old slow dinosaurs we were watching all season. So I really liked just seeing him go off in September, including him to bomb off Chris Sale and just putting on a show. So that was a lot of fun for me. Sweet. Um, Nick, who did you like? Well, for me, I'm going to go with Russ Martin just because the alternatives uh, – 
that you had to watch when when Martin was gone were pretty unentertaining. So I, I enjoyed Russ the most because I knew that if you know if he pulled a hammy or, or went on the DL, I was not going to like what I was going to have to see. So you know, it, it really made me appreciative when when he was in the lineup. So you literally the player you relatively most enjoyed watching, given the alternatives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, Rush isn't bad when he's out there either, so that that's always good. No, no. Uh, yeah, it does help. I'm going to have to go with Roberto Osuna on the days on which Roberto Osuna looked like himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this category really sucks if that's where we have to go with it. Um, I'm going to go with it. Well, because he was so dominant for a couple of stretches there, and, and they were... It was like the inning was over before you knew it. And I it's been a long time since the Jays had a, a pitcher, let alone a closer, who had that kind of absolute shutdown ability. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and, and that was something, again, not biting my nails in the ninth. I enjoyed that, absolutely. So that naturally moves us to the player we least enjoyed watching. And uh, Nick, I, I will defer to you on this one. Who Who gave you trouble who made you close your eyes well uh for me i'm gonna go with with kendry's morales just because he's such a one-dimensional player that there's just so much you don't get to see him do uh at any kind of high level you know <laughs> play defense run the bases and this isn't this isn't meant to be like a, a takedown of, of kendry's he's not he's not uh you know he's not the worst player he's not the reason that the jays you know, weren't in contention this year. He's just not a lot of fun to watch lumber around the bases um, and, you know, and and hit 30 home runs. Fair, fair. Because, yeah, fun fun tends to be a, something unexpected, maybe. Um, I am going to hearken back to the answer you gave to the last question and say that any catcher whose initials were not RM was my <laughs> least... <laughs> like... I could not believe on Twitter how many little fan clubs popped up for Melee and then people who like Montero and people who, you know, thought Saltam Omakia might be good. And uh, not that that stayed for very long. Uh, and it was like, oh, and Rafi Lopez, people wanted to see him. And I'm like, people, they're, they're all bad. They're just, they're bad. <laughs> I, I don't care how their beard looks or, you know, how they frame pitches or whether they throw runners out or not. They need to actually do things when their spot comes up in the lineup and it seemed like nobody could uh so yeah all the catchers except russell josh <laughs> yeah tough to top that one but uh, <laughs> yeah okay so for me it was i'm sad to say this because he was my favorite moment but it was jose bautista it was just really really hard to watch this guy that we've seen be such a superstar for so long be so bad he i mean he just couldn't catch up to any fastballs his his uh exit velocity was way down his power was down he's striking out an insane rate set the record for the lowest batting average it was just really sad to see such a shell of the guy that we loved yeah and you you, you think when you see one year too long it won't be that bad and this was really bad mm-hmm Wow, we're going to get through this show, and we're going to be so happy, I'm sure, by the end of it. <laughs> let's, let's talk clutch. Because, as we know, uh, clutch is just basically a function of, of being in the right place at the right time and 
hopefully doing the right thing uh, and doing it often enough that people think that uh, that you're doing something on purpose. But of course, that's really not the case, which is why my walk off man is Steve Pierce for clutchness, because Steve Pierce did what everybody always wants to do. With the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth, he hit a grand slam home run. And then just to prove somehow that that was not a fluke, he did it less than a week later. <laughs> How the only many, guy ever to do that? Uh, since 19... Oh, the only guy to do it twice in a season since like 1986. But yeah, the closest anybody's ever done it together. So it was amazing, which means obviously they should bring him back next year because that's what he does. It's a skill. I just want to, yeah, I just, exactly. Oh, grand slam skill. Love it. One fun note to that too. It was also the second walk-off grand slam that Bud Norris had given up that week, which we mentioned way back when. Like, what are the odds? So weird. So uh, just remember when you are in the backyard with your kids at some point and you're playing catch and they want to be down, you know, in the bottom of the ninth at the full count with the bases loaded. They might grow up to be Steve Pierce and have it actually happen. <laughs> so there you go. Who who is Nick's clutch player of the year? Well, uh, he didn't hit two grand slams in the same week with the bases loaded, but he did have a lot of success with the bases loaded. I'm I'm going with Ryan Goins, um, <laughs> which I, can you imagine in the year 2017, Ryan Goins, clutch, clutch performer of the year, but. Um, he did hit pretty well with runners in scoring position. He had three fewer RBIs than Jose Batista, despite still having an OPS well under 700 for the season. Um, so that that's making the most of your opportunities, if if ever there was somebody to do that. So yeah, I'm I'm going with Goins, and no, I do not think this means he should be the starting shortstop <laughs> or starting anything next year. Uh, full stop. <laughs> Well, Greg led that in nicely with like, this is not a skill thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I can't argue with you because somehow I, I, I grew to expect the absurdity by the, by about, I think probably the first week of September when, when Goins would come up and there would be runners on, I'm like, oh, this guy's in trouble. And sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> like he probably shouldn't be in trouble, but maybe it's, maybe it's in his head. I don't know. Like, Didn't the, he hit the, two grand slams this year? He may he? have. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, like the words Ryan Goins Grand Slam don't even work out. But even even I the guy he'd come up with runners on second and third, and I'd be like, Yeah, somebody's scoring. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, Josh, uh surely you have a more serious clutch candidate in some respect than than the esteemed Mr. Goins and Pierce. I do. It's the guy that Nick least enjoyed watching, Kendrick yeah. Morales. So Morales did not live up to the hype. But when it came to coming up in the ninth inning with the game on the line, I didn't want anybody else up. Led the league in home runs in the ninth inning that either tied the game or won the game with four. That's a lot. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be crazy if he'd hit 50. But how many did he end up with? 26 Seven, or something 20, like that? Yeah. So, I mean, what percentage of his home runs... Were, were absolutely necessary to keep a game going. It's Mr. Clutch. Way out there. All right. And so, there was two grand slams for Goins, by the way. I just confirmed it. For a team that went 76 and 86, there was a lot of clutch going on. 
Yeah. Perhaps we're having a selective memory there. <laughs> uh, so we, we were looking for categories, and we got one from Birdwatcher at Birdwatcher88. So thank you for submitting uh, a, a category, which was, what's your best quote? Uh, I'll let you tee this one up, Josh. Your best quote. All right. My best quote came from Mr. Marcus Stroman. He's definitely easy to talk to. (laughs) He's going to give you something, right? Whether it's surly or some tweet that's happy or he's blocking Greg on Twitter or something like that. (laughs) But uh, this was with all the blisters that were going on. And he had to leave a start, as people may not remember, with a blister. He didn't miss any time like certain other Blue Jays starting pitcher. But afterwards, he said, and I quote, I feel like it's an epidemic that's happening across the big leagues now. A bunch of pitchers getting blisters, guys who have never had them before. So for MLB to turn their back, I think that's kind of crazy. I have no theory, but obviously, I mean, it's not a coincidence that it's happening to so many guys all, all of a sudden. It's not a coincidence. So when you're basically saying, F*** you, MLB. Really fun for Greg. <laughs> you screwed with the ball and we keep getting hurt. Well, yeah, it's certainly a standout quote. Nick, did you have something uh, in the same uh, stratosphere there? Uh, no, not not in, it's not in relation to the uh, doctored baseballs, but uh, I was, I'm going to go with kind of, I think, the thing that's going to be most remembered from sports this year. Uh, it's from Chris Rowley. And the quote is, if an athlete on my team takes a knee, I respect that he has the right to peacefully protest something he considers to be socially unjust or whatever the case may be. And it's reasonable voices like that that are really unfortunately obstructed in the the larger debate over the um, the, pro- the national anthem protests. And I think when we look back, you know, 20 years from now, uh, Chris Rowley is going to come out on on the right side of history, and um, kudos to him for for saying something that I think a lot of players would be scared to say, um, and especially someone in Rowley's position who who has no guaranteed job and is fighting to stay on on the roster uh, to to come out and say something like that. I think is is really powerful and good for him. Yeah, commendable, absolutely. Uh, my quote was also a Marcus Stroman quote. It uh, it was. Uh... You are blocked from following M. Strew and viewing M. Strew 6's tweets. Uh, <laughs> so I think that really uh, says, uh, you know, it stayed with me when I read that. <laughs> That's poignant. Yeah, pretty much. What, uh, it's the only quote do, I give from. That would, that would be wonderful if I knew, um, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that would... I would at least have that to hold on to, that I had the one thing I'd done that had really gotten in his face but i don't know what it was it was uh it was obviously very offensive (laughs) Um, moving on from my personal problems best dive because who doesn't enjoy a good dive nick (laughs) your favorite dive this year so i'm gonna i'm gonna say dives plural and it, they were Jose Batista's outfield dives whenever he'd uh, misplay a fly ball. Um, you know, the year started when it, when it started in April. I was, you know, somewhat frustrated by it. But as the season went on and the Jays kind of slipped out of contention and Jose continued to play his kind of, you know, below MLB average defense at, at this point in his career, I started to really really cherish and appreciate him uh, misplaying those those balls because I knew that his, the time was 
coming to a close. And, you know, maybe next year when we just see T. Oscar Hernandez or miscellaneous free agent, you know, camp under the ball and make the play, uh, I'm going to miss Jose's, Jose's adventures out there. They, they kept things fresh and interesting. <laughs> We're just killing Jose in this podcast. Uh, my, pick, my, my pick personally would be Chris Coughlin uh, for the dive at, at home plate as a base runner, because if, if any dive stood out for me all year, it was the one that was done at completely the wrong time with the complete right result uh, that luckily did not kill uh, Yadier Molina. Was it Molina? Yep. Yeah, yep. it didn't kill him because he didn't choose to stand up at that exact moment. So it looked <laughs> like a genius move. So, yeah, uh, no slide, just dive. Josh, what you got? <laughs> Mine's also a no slide kind of play, but in a different way. <laughs> So some of you may have noticed over the course of this podcast, we do like Major League. <laughs> Darwin Barney us. decided to give us a nice little homage when he slid, I guess, into third base <laughs> against the Orioles in September when he belly flopped and came up short <laughs> to crawl that. his way to the base. <laughs> it, was, it was just so great. Perfect Willie Mays Hayes right there. He looked like he was swimming, like for his life, with sharks in the water. It was not... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what you want to be doing and the relief on his face when he was actually safe after somehow after that play was was epic um, um i was gonna say we should give an honorable mention to at least one dive that was actually a a good <laughs> defensive play okay uh, as opposed to like um you know a crazy flip or darwin barney sliding 20 feet too short um but kevin pilar's catch um in late August where he went back into his left over, over his head and completely laid out. Um, that was pretty impressive. And we got to give, give a little tip of the hat, I think to, to that one too. I think just for huh. not coming up with broken ribs or something on those, I think he just deserves an award. Like that one when he went up against the brick wall and Wrigley and he was just fine. <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? Um, I would just like to say that a, this category, Ezekiel Carrera got robbed. Um, because if there's any man who's out there diving all the time. Yeah, we even talked about guys who dive and miss the ball. What the heck? <laughs> Robbery, I swear. Just just not right at all. Um, so we were asked to have uh, from by Buckminster Fuller at DJ Buckminster um, for, for an award category. Uh, did you want to take this one, Josh? Yes. So Buckminster Fuller asked us to give out the Pat Venditti Award, and he said to nobody, yeah, I guess, okay, no switch pitcher, but I'm changing this to the not Pat Venditti Award. Those of you who are avid listeners may remember, I was very angry, and I think it was Ryan Tapera at the time, because he kept getting called up over not Pat Venditti, so I refused to call him Ryan Tapera. He became not Pat Venditti. So my question is, to you guys, I have my own, who is your not Pat Venditti? The guy that kept getting called up over the people you did want called up? Or who be who were the cause of your your Pat Venditti? So what would you name the award to? You're not oh, Joe the, Blow. So for me, that's the not Anthony Alford Award. Um young, dynamic player, can run, tearing up the league, having a healthy season for the first time in like two years, exciting, and a team that's full of old guys, and they kept looking for anybody else to call up and 
playing Ezekiel Carrera, who was good at what he did, uh, and Steve Pierce uh, every day. And I was like, oh, come on, guys. Just, <laughs> just call up Alfred. And then they did, and he hurt himself. And I was like, well, never mind. Forget that. Uh, but yeah, the not Anthony Alfred Award. Nick? Um, for me, I'd go with... Uh... Probably Danny Jansen, just because, like we were talking about earlier, the Blue Jays' backup catchers struggled so mightily all year. Um, they they were just so bad. Um, and Jansen seemed to have a pretty pretty successful year at multiple stops in the minor leagues. Uh, so, you know, I was like, just bring him up. I mean, he he can't be worse than salty. He can't be worse than Rafi <laughs> Lopez, Luke Maley. Should I keep going here or you guys get the picture? Yeah, there I was a lot of bad yeah. backup catchers. So All that, right. that leaves us with ye who renamed the award must have a real candidate. That's right. So now, as you may remember, the original guy of this award, Pat Venditti, sucked. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Jason brought him up. He was not good. So I'm going with a guy who there's reason to believe he could have been good, but when he finally did make it, wasn't very good. It's now the not Tim Mazo award. <laughs> <laughs> I was angling for Mazo back in back in spring training to make this team as the second lefty, and he came up. He struck out 27 guys in 17 innings, good. but he also gave up 15 runs. <laughs> not not good at all yeah when your era floats around nine for most of the season there's a sign that you're you're missing some ingredient i still have faith but yeah i didn't work out <laughs> so sorry about your luck yeah i'm sorry about Pen pat Venditti too i mean everything looked like hey this this could be a real thing and and it wasn't a thing uh where is he is he still even is Venditti signed somewhere as a minor leaguer yeah he was in the phillies minor league system this year if you're trapped in the minors with the Phillies, it can't be going well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. So it was surprising to find out Tim Mesa wasn't as good as advertised, uh, even in your mind. The, what other surprises would we put as, at the top of our list for biggest surprise? So, Nick, I will let you tell me about, uh, about your amazing shock at something going on in the Blue Jays system. Um, yeah, I, I would say that... The, to me, the biggest surprise was was the Blue Jays system, farm system. It, you know, in terms of the catching we were just talking about, like along with Danny Jansen doing well, Max Pentecost seemed to be healthy and making strides. Uh, Reese McGuire finished year double A, and um, obviously, you know, the crown jewels of the system, uh, Vlad Jr. and and Bo Bichette are now, you know, two of the highest rated prospects in all of baseball. So, I'd say the the Jays minor league system is is probably the biggest surprise to me because you know going into the year it was considered a little bit of a liability and obviously there's still not a lot of uh depth at triple a or or players that can make an impact in the next you know first half of 2018 but i think that we're i think across the board we're feeling a lot better about the system than we were at this time last year and what shocked you josh I was shocked that we got something good when we traded Francisco Leary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, last year I got it. You know, like they were shedding his contract and he wasn't doing well. Like the Jays got way more when they traded for Francisco Liriano than Houston got, than the Jays got when they trade traded him away. But they still got Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, Liriano's ERA was 588 when he was traded. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was uh, shocking. It was like, did, was there really nowhere for Teoscar to play in, in Houston ever? Was that, I don't know. I would love to know what that conversation was exactly, how, how he got included there. Because obviously the, the, the Houston salary dump was um, Aoki. Yeah, I think I do know what happened there. At the time, they really thought they were getting Zach Britton, who has a $10 million <laughs> salary. And and then, you know, Orioles physicals and all that, and it fell apart. But they needed to save the money to get a better player. So, like, well, we've got 900 outfielders. We'll give away this guy. And then they didn't get Britain, although they got Verlander later. So it worked out okay. But it's still funny at the time. Indeed. Uh, my biggest surprise was that, was that the the aspect of Jose Bautista's game that was worth watching for the entire year was his throwing arm and his throwing arm only. After having what appeared to be a mostly wet noodle for like the better part of what, three years? Uh, two. Two full years. Yeah, because he heard it in like April. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he could throw. A- and that's it. Like, <laughs> he, can't, <laughs> he can't do anything else. But it was great to see him, you know, excel at, uh, at pegging off base runners and, and even not even just at home, you know, making good relay throws and stuff like that. So that was a bit shocking. I, I didn't know what to do with that information. So now we're going to move to biggest breakout on a, on what was the oldest lineup in Major League Baseball uh, and a starting rotation that was decimated by injuries. I feel like, I don't know if this category is fair on this particular team, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, Josh, do you have a, a breakout candidate? Is there anybody other than Justin Smoke who this, this can go to? <laughs> if it's the biggest breakout, he went from being a guy that all of us we're saying, got rid of this bum. We don't want him on the team. To smashing 38 home runs and having like, a truly great season. I'm with you, 100%. Nick, any, any objection? No, not at all. It's it's amazing because like he just seemed to be able to like reduce his his strikeout rate at will, and and it he just like cuz usually when when these kinds of breakouts happen there's like a mechanical adjustment like Jose Batista or something like that but with with Smoke he's just kind of like I'm going to strike out I'm going to strike out less and try to make more contact and you know, I was like if only it was that easy but he did it and he he seemed to maintain it all year too minus you know a a, a blip in September where it it appears that he might have been injured so yeah I think Smokes, smokes the only answer for, for this category. Yeah, you kind of expected to creep out that he got laser eye surgery in the offseason and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> Deal with the devil, something like that, yeah. Well, let's not hope for that, because those, <laughs> yeah. those don't work out well in the, in the long run, do they? I've heard that's a dangerous Why do you think the team sucks so much this year? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yes. Better the devil you know. Um, well, that moves us from biggest breakout to biggest disappointment. Uh, so I will leave that, I guess, Josh, you can tell me who disappointed you. Well, just like, I guess there actually are a ton of candidates for this one. I'm like the last category. <laughs> for me, it's Aaron Sanchez. I mean, coming off a season where he was a Cy Young candidate, not a serious one, but he led the league in ERA. Mm-hmm. He threw over 190 innings, mm-hmm. and he looked like the guy we all thought he could be, and then this season he threw 36 innings. And it was just nothing close to what we expected i would have been fine if he sucked but he just couldn't even take the mound 
Yeah, I don't know if I would have been fine if he sucked either myself. Well, okay, maybe not fine, but I would at least understand if he regressed a little bit. You know, he wasn't great. Right. Yeah, I, I am. I am with you on that one. Really, as 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 of all the things, because he is really when we go back to the fun players to watch, he has always been one of my fun players to watch because of the things he does. It, he, he's just. He's so electric with the fastball. Uh, you think that he would need to be maybe more deceptive. And then he just, he basically, he picks two, maybe three pitches and he destroys a lineup. And it, good, good hitters don't look any good when Aaron Sanchez is on. And I totally missed that. So I was sad, really, and disappointed to not be able to see that. Uh, now we just had a consensus on the previous category. I feel maybe that that's not going to happen any other time on this <laughs> on this uh, show. What do you have, Nick? Well, uh, I'm going to go with with Tulo for for this year because um, you know I, I I didn't expect him to be the guy he was in in Colorado, but even his 2016 was was pretty solid, if not spectacular. Um, and Tulo's you know, his play when he was on the field and then his absence, which basically pressed uh, Goins and Barney into full-time duty. I think that the combination of, of those two things would led to a pretty, pretty big black hole in, in the Jays lineup. Um, and, you know, I think it, it was best summed up in uh, a tweet from earlier this year. I forget who, who tweeted it, but the tweet was, um, what would I told you? What would I tell you if you could get uh, Ryan Goins defense with a 230 average and 10 home runs? And if you if you said you'd be happy with it, then what's their problem with 2017 Troy Tulowitzki? Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. But you know what? He's he's only he's only a year older than Josh Donaldson. So I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that he'll, he'll be able to rebound to, to some degree next year. I feel like Tulo is a, your mileage may vary on that age <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of player. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think, I think the next category probably is the most 2017 category of all we had. We have most surreal moment. Uh, because this whole season didn't make a whole lot of sense right from the crappy start right through to the questionable uh, questionable ending, uh, I will start this one. I will say that the most surreal moment in a season from a team that clearly couldn't figure out what the heck to do from either side of the ball was a seven-run ninth inning capped by a Steve Pierce walk-off grand slam. Uh, the The idea of them scoring seven runs in an inning was absurd enough given the way the offense performed all year to do it in the ninth and then to win the game on a on a slam was i don't even know i i have no contextually it doesn't fit in this season it fits in 2015 totally so there you are there's my weirdness nick do you That's have weirdness once i yeah. just to follow up your weirdness just while we're talking about the surreal ones you know, they talked like the, the huge comeback. Then didn't they go out the next day and blow a gigantic late in lead to the White Sox? <laughs> I believe they did, yes. Okay. Twenty seventeen, man. Twenty seventeen. <laughs> um yeah, so 
for me, the the weirdest moment was Angel Hernandez trying to fight J.A. Happ one literally one day after Marcus Stroman and Russ Martin got tossed for basically, you know, being slightly flustered with this with the strike zone. Um, to me, that was that was my kind of like moment where I was like, this is just not a good year for the Jays because poor J.A. Happ is not anybody's idea of confrontational and to see kind of like Hernandez kind of puff chest like go out there and yell at him I was like oh god this is this is really happening I I can't believe this is this is the baseball team I follow (laughs) you don't have to follow it closely apparently is is the the sad truth (laughs) of this year um when when did uh this season jump the shark for you Josh well, my it was I guess this is when it's just you knew that it was just completely bonkers. When it's sort of a double moment. First, Marcus Stroman hitting an opposite field, O two home run off a really good pitcher, Julio Tehran. <laughs> and then also getting a pinch hit extra inning double that led to the winning run. He ended up scoring it. When Marcus Stroman is one of your best hitters, something's really <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we've <laughs> Maybe there were more surreal moments that I I want to remember in this season. You know, there's like it's like this team where things could have gone right if if they had maybe embraced the absurdity a little more. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. Marcus Stroman finished second on the team in OPS to Daryl Siciliani, who, by the way, <laughs> this is a backup surreal moment. Injured himself on a home run. Yeah, that's it, right. And, and, yeah. and ended his season. Yeah, <laughs> on set injury. Like, I mean, going out with a bang, literally, Daryl Siciliani. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention him later, but now you've screwed up my answer to another category. But that's okay, Josh. Oh. That's Oops. why we're going to talk about rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so we know when the team went b- into Bizarro World. When did the team bottom out? When, when did you think... Uh, we'll go back to you, Josh. Uh, when, well, when... When originally, when this category came up, I was going to say game one. opening day (laughs) I mean think about opening day they lost on a walk off home run (laughs) by a guy who was good last year if if it's something the microcosm of the season that's it but uh, there was so much farther down to go though I know (laughs) it was that game against the Cubs when they at the end of that series the Jays had climbed within three games of a playoff spot they were showing no signs that they were really going to be able to you know, climb over those three games, but at least it was close. And then they went out and got swept by the Cubs and it ended with a game where they were up by two in extra innings and they blew the lead on two guys reaching first base on strikeouts. It's like, okay, we can't get worse than this. Truly <laughs> pitiful. Uh, for you, Nick. Um, for me, I guess it would be uh, a couple weeks after the Jays, uh, had had blown that lead to the Cubs in in mid August. Um, Ryan Goins was batting cleanup one day, and I had to rub my eyes and just do a little <laughs> bit of a double take because you know I'm no sabermetrician, but I don't think Ryan Goins should be your cleanup hitter. <laughs> and and that for me was was rock bottom this season. Uh, so I would have to pick the final game before the all-star break so 
you want to i would think as as ball players you want to uh you want to finish that first half strong you want to stay focused right through the last game when you're you know still around 500 and in the hunt uh and you know you want to show that you're 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 competitive and in that final game before the all-star break the jays got beat 19 to 1 by houston I just so for four days that's what you get to think about is like wow the pitching completely failed us oh and we only avoided the shutout by I'm sure it was a late Ezekiel Carrera home run or something um, <laughs> knowing how those things went so the completely meaningless and pointless thing I yeah that that sort of tone setting just uh, it was like you are, are you ever going to get a grip on what you need to do to be successful 19 to 1. No, you're not. Okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, it actually was a ninth inning Ezekiel Carrera home run with two outs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might have been the only time he did one with two outs, but I, I think it was one of two or three late eighth or ninth inning home runs that Zeke hit uh, just, to, just to spoil the shutout. You know, again, moral victories, not real victories for this team. Who was the hitter of the year? Uh, we would say uh, I'll, I'll let Nick give his hitter of the year. Um, well, if we're going to go with a hitter of the year of the moral victory variety, which I think <laughs> I'm going to do because there was only like two other good hitters and you guys, you guys can take them. I'll go with Marcus Stroman. Uh, like, like Josh said, second highest slugging percentage on the team. He scored the winning run in, in that early May game with the double uh, hit a home run. Got you know what in in a year like this, give it give why not give it to Strowman? Fair. You go ahead, Greg. All right, this is where I was going to say Daryl Siciliani in in a similar vein as Marcus Strowman, uh, but we already talked about him, and I think probably Sorry. we should give some props to Justin Smoke, who over the course of the entire year uh, was by far the Jays' most consistent hitter. Even though, like we said, he tailed off a little bit in September, something about a, a toe injury and a. a minor leg injury um but you know 38 home runs is a lot of home runs and uh, and you know doing all the other things right that he's never done i'll give him a shout out for being hitter of the year all right yeah i mean i i really did consider that one just but i actually gonna go with donaldson by the end of the season josh donaldson and justin smoke had the exact same batting average but Smoke's on base percentage was 30 points higher, and his slugging was 30 points higher. Both exactly 30, which is kind of funny. And it's still a toss-up because Smoke played way more, but Donaldson had a really good year that seemed like it really wasn't going to be one. Yeah, I think I think the fact that Josh, and it's not just because he's named Josh, is, it, is why you're giving, giving him the vote. No? No comment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I think Donaldson proved once again that he he can hit like an unbelievably elite level hitter out of his mind for for quite a long stretch of time, which is something that there are very few players in Major League Baseball who can do that, who can who can OPS well over a thousand, you know, for a couple of weeks uh, if need be. Uh, there, are there even twenty guys who could do that? Uh, I don't think so, no. And Josh is still there, because he did it. 
and with some really eye strange split numbers on the road and everything else but he did hit like an mvp candidate he didn't do it in the first half but he still did it yeah <laughs> nothing else to say to me about that <laughs> nope no you summed it up pretty good uh well that means we trickle down to the worst hitter i guess i should tell you about my worst hitter i would like sure. to pick darwin barney who as i put it here found the bar that ryan goins was holding and got under it <laughs> how that's hard to do yeah like yeah I Darwin Barney has more experience. Is right-handed. Is is in theory is better than Ryan Goins, and yet not this year. All he had to do was be himself from a previous year, and you could make a serious case that Goins shouldn't have played, you know, full time at all. And lo and behold, he didn't do that. That's that's a remarkably pitiful accomplishment. So I'm going to leave it at that. Darwin Barney. Uh, Nick, who who would you like to nominate for worst hitter? I'm going to nominate uh, Jared Saltalamacchia, who has a slash line of 040, <laughs> 077, 040. I've never seen somebody's slash lines where every single number started with zero. Um, given, uh, you know, to give him his due credit, it was only in 26 at bats, but um, it was still, oh my God, his strikeout rate was 61.5%. Yeah, so you're getting 16 of those 26. Yeah. So, yeah, Jared Salsamahi was not a good hitter this year. Yeah, so I did a piece, well, a whole series of pieces on BP Toronto where I put quotes from the wire for all the players. <laughs> there were a lot of people we were wondering who was going to get this common. You don't even need to bleep this one, Greg. Clay Davis is <laughs> she. <laughs> and that went to Salsamahia. <laughs> oh, well, he left an impression. Some, you know, they say you gotta leave an impression. <laughs> oh. But you didn't pick him, did you, Josh? No, he didn't play enough to get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went through another guy who did play enough to do something really dubious. Among players who've had at least 125 plate appearances with the Blue Jays, the second lowest OPS all time was Joe Cannon in 1979. Luke Maley came in at. 407. Joe Cannon was at 470. <laughs> he oh, was dear. off by 63 points from the worst ever. And they kept giving him plate appearances. Yeah. His defense isn't that good. <laughs> and people kept asking for him to be out there over Montero, who admittedly Montero didn't hit. I don't know what was going on with that, but my God. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I think we'll leave like that. Uh, pitcher of the year. Now we've done hitter of the year and worst hitter. Pitcher of the year nominee. Uh, Nick, who would you like to nominate? Ha ha. Well, I I think uh, this is a lot like like the the hitter of the year and breakout of the year on a, on a team like this. There's unfortunately a lot more candidates for the the disappointing awards than than the good ones, but. I'm going to go with the obvious choice, which is Marcus Stroman. He basically had Aaron Sanchez's year um, this year in 2017 that Sanchez had in 2016. So uh, he's he's the vote for me. How do you feel about, about that pick, Josh? Yep. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really can't go with anybody else. You know, cleared 200 innings again. 
decided this time that the, the balls be hit at fielders instead of holes because he had magic powers this season. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this recently, I believe. But yep. uh, his results, he had the best performance. Uh, I am going to just, I'm going to break off from that so we have something to talk about. Ha. Uh, Roberto Osuna. Because I, I, he's my guy, he's my boy. He's been my boy for a long time. And he did, despite struggles uh, here and there and, and some real clutch problems, he did end up with 38 saves on a not very good team. Uh, 39. 39. Uh, and that's, I believe, the first back-to-back 30-save season in Blue Jays history. There's no way that's true. <laughs> I didn't think so either. But I don't believe Tom Henke ever did do it. I'm pretty sure Billy Koch did it. Don't know. Billy Koch had like a hundred saves in three years with the Jays. Wacky. Yeah. It, there, it was a back-to-back saves record season. Now I'm going to have to go look it up for the next podcast. I'm gonna Probably have to 35 plus or something. But Maybe. Anyway. Uh, uh, just Go ahead. I, I think he deserves a, a shout out for, for anchoring the bullpen in, in, in under difficult circumstances. And just the thing, you know, everything you look at from his numbers suggests he should have been better. He lowered his walk rate. He raised his strikeout rate. He drastically lowered his home run rate. Everything said he should have had better numbers, but his sequencing was just crap. Alas. That you can work on, can't you? No, you can't really work on that either. So maybe you'll get better <laughs> next year. Maybe. Uh, we, of course, should probably turn that over to worst pitcher now. Not candidates for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Josh. Is this its own podcast? This this guy. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with the rest of the worst <laughs> picture. <laughs> oh. All right, Josh. Who 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 fell to the bottom of the pile for you? So I alluded to this much earlier in the show when I said the game one, as I mentioned, game one, the Jays lost on a walk off home run by Mark Trumbo, given up by Jason Grilly. He sucked. <laughs> Coming, coming off a really good season where the Jays do not make the postseason without him. Really was counted on to be the setup guy this year. And you know, he, he was just straight up bad. And, and the reason he gets the worst one award, because he was pitching in high leverage innings. And he even had a game where he gave up four bombs in one inning. Which is uh, the worst. Yeah, quite the record. I'm surprised we didn't pick that as the rock bottom point of the season for one of us. But uh because he got worse after that. My question about Jason Grilly is how much of him staying on the roster had something to do with the, uh, the, the giveaway? giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> he was released pretty close after it. So I, I know. A lot. Yeah, I think, I think that was an actual factor. It was like, well, we're not, we're not really in first in the division. We're not, not exactly. It'd be kind of embarrassing to release the Canadian guy with the apron thing coming up and the... We bought all these aprons. <laughs> Who knows? He averaged giving up 3.9 home runs per nine innings. That's pretty bad. Oh, all right. Uh, that would leave us with uh, your pick, Nick. Um, okay, well, I'm going to pick up with where Josh left off with the four home runs allowed and go with Matt Latos. Um do you guys remember Matt Latos? It feels like years and years ago that he was he was pitching for the Blue Jays, but that in fact was just early 2017. Um, we all remember his horrible start against the the Yankees, where he gave up seven runs in in four innings. Um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Latos because not only was he very bad himself, he kind of opened a revolving door uh, that was then used to to cycle in um, underwhelming pitcher after underwhelming pitcher in the fifth spot of the Jays rotation for the the next five months. I remember, yeah. I have fonder memories of Cat Latos than I do of Matt Latos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> but the funny thing about Latos, right? His first start was was okay. His second start, he kept zero runs in six innings in his second start, and then seven in four in his next one. Yeah, well, we knew the shine was going to come off the apple sooner or later, and it turned out to be number three. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, my worst pitcher is J.P. Howell uh, because he he was objectively horrible, uh, kept getting injured through no innings, and the innings that he threw, I, it felt like he gave up a run or more every single time they threw him out there. And I was like, wow. Uh, especially since he was like the anti-Joe Smith. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. They could not have been more polar opposites and signed within, what, a week of one another? You're thinking, is it really possible for them to be this far apart on skill and, and results? Yes. Yes, it was. So <laughs> uh, kudos to Joe, Sm uh, Joe Smith for, for being so good. And I'm sorry, J.P. Howell, uh, you, get, you get voted for being so, so bad. Um, yeah, that that's getting us down to the end of the list. So we, we've only got two left, as I see it. Or oh, sorry, no three, no two. Gosh, I can two. read my titles. MVP, MVP votes. So MVP, MVP. I remember that at the end of the season with Jose. That that was a warm, heartwarming moment. For me really oh i never heard that <laughs> not this year no oh, okay <laughs> but long time ago many moons ago uh all right who do you just like the jays staff uh vote for mvp josh it's gotta be smoke <laughs> he played the whole season and he was awesome and he's the only person you can say that about <laughs> you could say it about about marcus stroman if you're allowed to vote for him for mvp I don't love you, but yeah, smoke. All right, Nick. Oh yeah, I'm I'm voting smoke as well. Um, could you imagine this time last year, me telling you guys what a steal smokes 2019 <laughs> team option is going to be? <laughs> yeah, before it was like, hmm, what's the buyout amount again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, definitely smoke. And we don't even we don't even know what he's going to be like in 2018, and we're still like, ah, oh, it couldn't be that bad because people will believe now that he could be that good, and someone will take him even if he's crap in 2018. <laughs> it's all found money from here with with Justin Smoke. So I was going to do sort of an homage to the actual Blue Jay player vote and staff vote and, and vote as Kendris Morales for MVP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there would be one uh... MVP vote, but. As it stands right now, I think that would probably be, as a percentage of the vote, a little bit high. So I am going to change my vote and vote for Justin Smoke as well. I wish those would become public, like the Hall of Fame is going to become, because I'd love to know who picked him, if it really was Kendry's, because that would be amazing. <laughs> I look around this clubhouse and I think to myself, who is the most important person here? And I think <laughs> that guy in the mirror is, is definitely <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. So we have, as it were, our favorite thing. We have the do over. 
Oh my god, did he really just say that? But we can try again, right? You talking about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a door? We believe in second chances. Oh yes we do. We believe in another opportunity to do things a little bit differently. Man, there were a lot of things they might have done differently in this season. <laughs> so Before I we go on. Yes. One second. I can't believe I didn't use there's a wire quote in that do over drop and I didn't use it in my piece. I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself. <laughs> next year. It's always next That's year. That's do over for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let Nick get started on on if there were one thing this year that that was said, done, expressed, uh, that you would like to give someone an opportunity to do over, what would that be? Okay, so I'm gonna go back to uh, the off season, and I'm gonna gonna quote Ross Atkins saying he wanted the Blue Jays to get younger, faster, and more athletic last off season, and then he decided to achieve those goals by signing Steve Pierce, Kendrys Morales, and Jose Batista, <laughs> who are all collectively over a hundred years old, and the only athletes other professional athletes that I can see possessing their foot speed are members of the senior tour on the PGA or something. Like John Daly. Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say maybe Ross, maybe temper, temper what you, you put out there in terms of your goals for uh, roster building for this off season. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Josh, what, what, what would you like to, uh, give someone an opportunity to reconsider as it were so this came from multiple people but really the big pusher that I'm going to harp on here was Wilner, two words it's early after the 1-9 and nine start people like me and others and you Greg, mm -hmm. were talking about how hey, if the Jays want to get to a reasonable win number they got to play out of their minds from here to the remain over the remaining 152 games and people and Wilner was like, ah, every team has a losing streak blah 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 yeah they never climbed out of the hole because it's really goddamn hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. So your do-over is just to respect history and understand that this doesn't really turn around very often. Yeah. It gets late early when you're not very okay. good. Does that's, it ever. That's Yogi Berra. It gets late early it's, out there. It's great. Uh my pick the high performance department is there to help our players stay healthy and on the field <laughs> i would like to be fair ryan goins and darwin barney didn't get hurt all year oh yeah uh, <laughs> uh i would uh, it's not so much the high performance department i would i would i just like it to be invisible that would be my do-over I, I don't want to hear about the high performance department ever again if it's doing its job, great. Silencio. <laughs> if it's not doing its job, players get hurt. That's okay too. But uh, yeah, to to have that false hope launched out there because 2016 seemed to be a pretty good year. And this was even something that uh, was it Shapiro touched on in his postseason breakdown that he wasn't. That was Atkins was not communicating well about players and alternatives and treatments. I guess through the high performance department. So uh, even they know that this department is not performing haha is not you know is not acting in the way it, it should have been last year and, and they need to work on on what that means from the player's perspective so what do you know um would you like me to uh 
to give you a quick opportunity for a final thought on the, the 2017 season, gentlemen. Let's do it. Nick, right. you want to go first? Your sure. Final, final thought, Nick, on 2017. Um, you know what? It, it was it was a tough year. I'm looking forward to hopefully a, a better 2018. And now that, you know, there's only a couple weeks of baseball left, I can say as as bad as the Jays season was, it still wasn't football. And so uh, <laughs> I was glad to watch it. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> That's how you do a final thought. Josh, what do, what do you have to say? She. <laughs> All right. I am not going to use my words because I've used lots of them and uh, they're not very good sometimes. I'm going to use Buck Martinez's words because this, <laughs> without, without uh, 2017, we would not have this unique call of a Russell Martin. Uh, we'll put it, we'll call it just a hit right now. Hits his ball high and deep to right. Chebler continues to drift. This ball's gone! Russell Mark making four in a row for Russell. How many rows deep was that before it was actually a home run in box mind? <laughs> like eight, ten. Oh, look, someone's caught it. I better get excited. <laughs> oh, oh man, my goodness. That was a great one. So just as a reference, later on in that game, he screws up another call the opposite way on a fly ball. And he actually says, I, I, I can't make out who the outfielder is. Chebel? Chebler. Chebler. He says... Well, Chebler had the benefit of the Russell Martin home run earlier to know how to play that. And I was like, but, <laughs> but Buck, you had the benefit of the Russell Martin home run to know where it was going to go to. No, not so much. Oh, never change, Mr. Martinez, because that'd be like a third of our content gone right away. <laughs> Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Uh working with you this season so i'd like to thank you for coming along for the ride when you can uh and uh and as such i hope to uh continue with you on and off through the off season uh i believe we are going to every two weeks now for the faithful listeners unless something notable happens yeah yes and sometimes something notable does happen but the pace does slow down here uh, and we are going to do in one of those off weeks we're going to do something fun for one of the patron for the patrons just because we really appreciate it and we wanted to thank you Hey, Absolutely. expect expect big things, guys. Ross Atkins has said he's looking for an impact bat and an impact pitcher. Um, so don't don't get don't get ready to go to weekly just yet because uh, impact's a, an exciting word. I uh, yeah, impact is a good font. It's everything. It's uh, <laughs> learn a lot good from soccer impact. Team. And, and just a quick thank you to everyone who's listened to us all during the season. This little magical stupid thing we do to try to cope with the disaster of the Jays season. Thanks for following along. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do actually find it cathartic for ourselves. We hope you find it, uh, you know, releases a little of the frustration uh, when you listen. All that said, I shall wrap this up as I usually do by saying uh, that you were Josh Housem at Joshua Housem and Nick Dyka at Nick Dyka and I was Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010 and this has been the final Artificial Turf Wars podcast of the 2017 season officially. 
number 78. And we will talk at you in a couple of weeks. Thank you.